0: I have the morning all to myself on this last leg of the Harper River track. It's road, now gravel, that's stirred up whenever a car passes, which isn't often. I was the first to leave from the campsite, mostly because I love the morning light, the cool air, and having the path ahead to myself. It was hot yesterday, walking along the river and rocky riverbed that hurts my feet, followed by multiple crossings and cold rapids up to my knees. I broke down in tears at the campsite when I found it impossible to set my tent, the alley coop, in hard-as-rock soil. Not until we turned over the lone picnic table to create shade did I finally relax. I'm embarrassed that I wear my heart on my sleeve, and vow today to not panic about what's ahead. Not particularly easy, considering ahead is what the Te Araroa Trail Notes label a hazard zone, a huge, braided river that's impassable on foot. This means a 30-mile detour. Most everyone has arranged a ride into town, but I'm not certain I need another town stop. Hitching a ride in this lonely outpost could prove tricky, but I just keep walking and repeating my mantra that the trail will provide. I see two people along the side of the road ahead. Trampers up earlier than me? Hmm, no packs. Oh, and there's a car. It's a man and woman about my age. Neil and Kate, pronounced ket, in shorts, loose tops, trainers, and floppy hats. I say hello and ask my standard question if they have a beer to sell me, even if it's seven o'clock in the morning. No, but we have this apple. Ah, even better. We chit-chat, and I tell them what I'm doing, hiking the length of their country on the Te Araroa. They show me the St. John's wort they've collected on the side of the road. Happy yellow flowers with five petals and ones I've seen all along the trail. I take their picture and thank them for the apple, when I suddenly have the presence of mind to explain my predicament with the hazard zone ahead. Neil doesn't skip a beat and offers me a ride. But won't I mess up your plans? It's all right. Get in. You're listening to The P-RAG, Unfiltered Adventures of the Blissful Hiker. I'm Allison Young, the Blissful Hiker, sometime professional flutist, sometime voice artist, and full-time pedestrian. Like the small backpacking essential of the same name, the P-RAG shares the unglamorous but vital truth about empowerment as badass people who really don't need permission to blaze our own trails in this journey we call life. Thanks to Lecky Trekking Poles for supporting the PRAG podcast. If you want to be a blissful hiker, Lecky should be in your hands. Also, Belega, makers of the best blister-resist, non-slouching foot-massaging socks for the long haul. <laughs> it's day 94 of my Te Araroa thru-hike, and I'm about halfway down the South Island. I'm up late this morning for me. But it's a short day to the campground, and after that, the trail ends at an impassable river requiring a prearranged and expensive ride, or risking a hitch. A quartet of Kiwis, a German, an Englishman, plus my Dutch friends I met way back at the beginning of this epic adventure, are here at Hamilton Hut. We work on finishing a jigsaw puzzle and play a game called Word of the Day. Somehow I pick the The sun turns the clouds mauve, the top of the gravelly mountains orange. The trail is along and through the Harper River with multiple crossings in knee-high rapids as well as multiple searchings for some indication of the track on rocky, tussocky terraces between thorn bushes and brooding mountains. Floris Marjolaine and Jess, pronounced jis, catch me and we navigate together flat but surprisingly hard to walk on terrain. It's not just grass, but bushes filled with ghostly-webbed chrysalis and tiny bright orange butterflies fluttering from flower to flower. We get lost in a thorny nightmare, with sticky plants casually grabbing at our clothes, one drawing a spot of blood. Once we're in, there's no backtracking, and we're finally ejected on a 4x4 track. A waterfall in three parts feeds the river. I see fish and tiny creatures in their watery home. Mountains ahead still have snowpack. We stop on a grassy bank, shockingly free of sandflies. the wind offering only minimal relief. Food is shared, cashews, pretzels, chocolate, as we long for a proper salad. Next, it's a complex and massive river delta, stream upon stream rushing to find the shortest and fastest route to the river. I step into the deliciously refreshing cold rush, then on to banks of wild rose, faded pink and abundant. The mountains look on as I search for my own route through the jumble of rock and thick growth, the orange poles showing up exactly when not needed, after the messy bits, and once the trail is completely obvious. An aggressive, new, do-not-mess-with-me electric fence enclosing absolutely nothing at the moment— hems us into a narrow strip. It's windy, and it's getting hotter, and I'm totally enervated, wanting to lay myself down completely in the stream. I finally reach a quarry with a large garage and vehicles, a few houses scattered about, and the campsite, likely set up by the locals to keep us from camping in their fields, replete with a water faucet, a long drop, and a large piece of grass for our tents in the blazing sun. The ground is so hard it's nearly impossible to set the alley coop, and I burst out crying in frustration. The others come to the rescue, piling rocks and holding her in place while I get organized, and also laughing at me. Marhellaine tells me to relax and wait until later to set my tent. I guess it's just a habit to want it up right away, and it does offer a refuge from sandflies. But she's right. What's my hurry? I take a mini shower at the faucet before a couple drives by in a camper, a kayak strapped on top for Lake Coleridge, impossibly turquoise and off the trail. I ask if they might have a beer to sell, and they go one better and give us an entire bottle of Cabernet to celebrate 2,200 kilometers walked. We tip up the picnic table to create maximum shade and wait for the sun to go down before we dare entering our hot airless tents. Food is made and consumed, the wine shared a few sips each. There are at least 20 TA hikers at this site. Loads of room, but it feels a little bit too many. The American Naomi arrives and isn't happy when I tell her there's a total fire ban in place. She's bragged that her monstrous posse loves making their monstrous bonfires. Well, the good news is I'm in the alley coop in the shade now. Flies buzzing outside longingly, but unable to get at my flesh. I haven't been in my cozy space since the Polaris River over two weeks and a lifetime ago, and I absolutely love it. You're listening to the P-Rag: Unfiltered Adventures of the Blissful Hiker. Through sharing my stories of walking long-distance trails as a solo, middle-aged female hiker, I want to empower you to learn to hike your own hike, too. You can subscribe to The P-Rag wherever you get your podcasts, and if you're listening on Apple, please leave a review that helps the show get noticed. A low murmur of voices wakes me up, and I'm out fast. I still feel pretty alone on this hike but I know I can join in their energy if I want to by going into town. Except for the heat and the flies, I'd really rather keep walking since I'm carrying so much food left over from packing for extra days in the hard sections these past weeks. It was such a lovely night with brilliant stars and later a crescent moon on her side. People arrive late and release their dogs next to the No Dogs Allowed sign. At least they moved further down the way and got quiet pretty fast. Again, I need to remind myself, put your trust in the trail and believe that things will work out. The sun burns gold on the mountaintops that hem me in against purple shadow. In front of me is the only road sign of all 3,000 kilometers of the Te Araroa that warns traffic of us hikers. Cars do pass and leave me a wide berth, But they stir up heaps of dust. It's going to be a long morning for this TA walker. I pass Lake Self, mistaking the name for Selfie, and immediately take one for good measure. The sunlight hits me straight on, creating a sparkly glow around fantails flirting and twerking nearby. The grass shines like oiled plastic. The German named Cheese Man catches me and passes, regaling me with stats on his phenomenal speed. I immediately slow down to take pictures. But then, even at my leisurely pace, I pass Cheese Man, resting by the river with breakfast, and again he repeats his itinerary for the day ahead, adding, He really is going far too fast. Perhaps it's because I find this litany of his prowess so annoying, I just move on, and that's when I run into Neil and Kate. They offer me that ride around the hazard zone. But Cheese Man is nowhere to be seen. Perhaps he's swimming, or maybe he really wants to go to town and would decline a ride anyway. But here I am, falling into the embrace of the trail providing. Two people out on a brilliant Saturday morning who just happen to be directly in my path right when I need them. It's these sorts of things I don't question. I just accept with gratitude. Neil is a professional photographer and Kate, a primary school teacher, both from Christchurch and super cool. We chat the entire way about why the Rakaia is considered impassable on foot. Neil tells me, People get hurt in the mountains, but they die in the rivers. We talk about the controversy surrounding the use of 1080 to get rid of all the introduced predators on New Zealand. How Kiwis say in the South Island, not on the South Island. Also, we talk about my work and their familiarity with Garrison Keeler, <laughs> that it's really cold in Minnesota right now in February, and how St. John's wort is good for all that ails you. I should have asked for some for my sandfly bites. Most important, we speak of tramping and how hard it is, how often unfun. <laughs> they both laugh at my name, Blissful Hiker. But Neil says that level of fun, which is a hard struggle, is only fun later upon reflection. (laughs) Boy, do I feel this every single day at the hut or in my tent, looking back with satisfaction, pride, and yes, a bit of bliss at what is oftentimes a slog. At first, they offer to get me to the main road, but once we get talking, they decide to drive me all the way around the rakaia on bumpy, dusty back roads, past aptly named Terrible Gully, and finally to a green and yellow Department of Conservation sign marking the Te They fill my water bottle, let me take a picture of Neil's business card, for when I'm in Christchurch in two months to meet Richard, and then I'm off. The next section is inelegantly named Rakaia River to Rangitata River, a three-day section in between two hazard zones. It's uphill amongst grazing cows, needing to crawl under an electric fence into soft, grassy mountains, intersected by rushing streams, where I fill my hat and dump it over my head. One all-black cow eyes me, her huge, also-black udder swinging as she warily passes, then moos a bit distressed. A huge zigzag ahead takes me over a saddle with a last look back at the enormous spread of the rakaia, and at the saddle, there's a man sitting in the wildflowers. It's Tomáš. I've been waiting here two days for you, <laughs> he tells me as we both burst out laughing. Katchka, Kuba, Amelia, and Jean-Christophe raced ahead. But Tom has some ankle pain and is taking it a bit easier. Though he does fly ahead of me as I work towards the first hut in this beautiful countryside, cicadas leaping into my face, buzzy against my skin. It is the cutest and tidiest little three-bunk A-frame set next to a stream. Tom says, I'll stay here, and I say, so will I. I wash up, put on my $7 Nelson charity shop dress, and make an early dinner in the shade as loads of bugs land on me buzzing, hopping, and twitching their legs, but not a single one biting. The Rangitata River ahead, is slightly less impassable than the rakaia, and with Tom, I think we can do it together. I tell him, if he gets us out of here, I'll take him to the restaurant of his choice and get him whatever he wants in Tikkaboh. Mindfulness coach Tamara Levitt says, Step back. Allow things to unfold. There's a beauty to be found in letting things be. The sun is behind the mountains, the air delicious and cool blowing in my hair. It's only our quiet selves in this idyllic location. Tom's English is excellent, but we hardly speak, both enjoying the easy silence between us. I sit for a long time at the stream, Wild flowers in pinks, yellows, purples, and white, a spray of life along its banks. There was no way of knowing I'd end up here getting that ride, Tom's presence and willingness to share the upcoming days. Sometimes all you can do is smile and accept good fortune when it comes, promising, when it's possible, to put out your own gifts and kindness into the world, and to always trust that things have a weird way of working out, especially if you just keep moving forward. Thanks so much to Lucky Trekking Poles and Belega Socks for supporting the PRAG podcast. You can subscribe, rate, and review the PRAG at Apple Podcasts. And you can find out more about my long walk on the Te Aradoa and the PCT and all kinds of trails around the world. It's at my website, theprag.com. Next week, it's another amazing The Trail Will Provide occurrence, and I go through this section safe and well-fed, one of the most beautiful on this entire walk. Until then, my friends, kia kaha and happy trails.